Hi friends, this is Pastor Young from Not Your Parents Religion Podcast. We're here today. We got a special edition for you, a Christmas edition, and we're going to be talking about Christmas, uh, how we celebrate it, why, so that you can have a better representation of how Christians celebrate Christmas. And let's get to it with all of our co-hosts and special guests today. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Not Your Parents Religion Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Robert Young, on this very special Christmas edition. This episode will probably be published the Wednesday before Christmas. So we wanted to get it out and show you and tell you and let you know that Christmas is something that Christians celebrate. But today I want to go a little different. I want to talk to some of the people here, our co-hosts, Jill and Sean and Takara and Joshua and... We even have a few grandbabies in the studio today. And remember, um, so we're going to talk about how we celebrate Christmas and what were some of your fondest memories of Christmas so that you can have a little insight into how Christians really celebrate Christmas. So who would like to start? Which one of my co-hosts would like to start? Because remember, I got a story. Well, I have a story, but it's not as good, but it taught me how to be grateful my story because my hold on a second i'm gonna have to ask my co-host to limit themselves to two minutes okay sure (laughs) just like at a funeral or a wedding limit your comments to two minutes all right my story kind of limit it kind of helped me out Uh, growing up my mother was a traveler so uh, we did all our christmas on the road so we even got our Christmas through shelters and stuff like that and other family members and that had extra gifts gave us gifts. And it really taught me how to be grateful and kind of love it. And my, not only that, my grandmother was actually teaching me the true meaning of Christmas and not all about the gifts and everything. So that brought me to the place I am today, being very humble and thankful when I do get things. Now... I have to sprinkle that down to my children, this generation that's coming up, who don't see it the same way. They get a gloves or a socks, they go crazy. <laughs> I don't want this. A deodorant, I don't want this. <laughs> wait, go, wait, hold on a second. You gave your kids deodorant for Christmas? My mother <laughs> gave me deodorant, tank tops, stuff. Oh, I, my I, goodness. I was happy for that Amen. stuff. But this generation now, mm-mm got to go hard or nothing at all Mm. well we hopefully um as we've been talking this the name of this series was originally called saving america begins at home and we had asked the our listeners to not only uh go to uh an established church uh for corporate worship and all the other beautiful things that comes with that but also to have pretty much a church in your home where we teach our children and i gotta tell you this tons of scriptures in the Old Testament and in the New Testament where it tells us that we as parents should be teaching our kids about Christ. So this is not uh, an uncommon thing that that we're asking to do. So again, it all starts in the home. Would you disagree with that, anyone? I don't disagree with it, but I do believe that there is a generational key here where kids in this generation seem to feel more entitled well, you am know, I, the, am I wrong? Am I? No, you're absolutely right. But the previous generation said that about us. <laughs> I'm sure they did. And the one before them but said that I about them. I was grateful to get socks and underwear and well, yes, yes. <laughs> and it, it seems to be, and I'm not, and I hope I'm not oversimplifying this. Uh, the more struggles you had, a lot of folks are a little bit more grateful for things. Be, 
those who didn't come from anything that didn't have enough money to to buy a lot of stuff you know they seem to be a little bit more grateful am i saying that everybody should be poor so that they can appreciate no no i'm not saying that um well my story real quick uh, as you know i grew up in uh, mississippi in the 60s and 70s uh yeah that's another story all together um so we weren't poor but we definitely definitely wasn't rich or even middle class and i saw in a some type of catalog a sears catalog my fondest christmas um, that was this bicycle that was shaped like a chopper with a long fork. Uh, that we, it was a chopper motorcycle type oh. bike. It had a long fork and a, it stuck out that long. I I wanted that thing so bad, Takara. I wanted it. I remember that bike cost in the catalog costing one hundred and twenty six dollars. Then it was uh, nineteen seventy three, maybe one hundred and twenty six dollars. Then. And I showed it to my mom. I said, oh, I'd love that for Christmas. I wish Santa would bring me that. And my mama looked at me like, boy, if you don't get up out of here, how do we going to afford a $126 bike when we're struggling to put food on the table? And Takara, I tell you, that Christmas, we came up under the tree. That bike was sitting there. Oh, my goodness. The fact, and I never, uh, it wasn't until I was in my 50s that I wondered, how did mama afford that bike? I still don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. But I appreciated that bike, and that woman loved me and made Christmas. Um, I didn't get spoiled, obviously, from that. Now, my sister might say differently, but but it made me thankful and grateful. And I was the envy of all the little boys in there. Because we had we had moved to Sean, we had moved to what they called the quarters by that time. You know where you remember Gary, and well anyway we moved around people because before we were just in the, literally we were literally in the middle of a cotton field before, and then we moved to a place where they had like thirteen houses, and I was the envy of all the young boys with that chopper bike. Yes sir, yes sir, uh huh. <laughs> So I, I love Christmas and the fact, like Joshua was saying, that it's a time of giving. And we know that we know the history of Christmas and the Nimrod and the trees and all that stuff. But we're, we're not going to get into that. Um, I doubt very seriously that if there's anyone that's celebrating Christmas now is because of those pagan beginnings that it had. I doubt that. Most people just want to get together with their family and eat a good meal and trade gifts. Right. 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 And there's nothing right. wrong with that. Only thing we're saying now is include Christ in there a little bit more. Right. A little less Santa. Right. And a lot more Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is the reason for the season. And a lot of kids just don't even know who he is. And I think that it presents an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. Yeah. Do you know the real meaning of Christmas? Why we do this, this, and this? Why lie to your children anyway? And that's why I love my grandmother, because she did not lie about Santa Claus. When I was like, Santa Claus got me all these gifts, she told her, no. You know Santa Claus got you this gift? I got you all these (laughs) gifts. And she broke it down like that. And then she even talked about God. All right, all right. Well, that is awesome. But... I cannot lose sight of the manipulation that the parents have over the kids. If you're not good, you're not getting any Christmas gifts. So the real reason some parent came up with Santa so that they could hold that over their kid. 
I remember arguing with other kids, telling them, Santa is not real. Yo, Santa is real. Wait, yeah. you were that guy? Yeah. I was you were that guy? Yeah. My humbug to you. But the other kids, I think this was like in middle school, I think we had this argument with a group of kids. <laughs> Joshua was a party pooper. <laughs> I had an older brother who was a grade above me, and another kid was going to tell me that there was no Santa Claus. And I remember my brother Jerry running around a table to stop this kid from telling me there was no Santa Claus to prevent. To, just to protect me, He's, he was always the, the protector. He still is a protector. But uh, wow, that's crazy. That's so, how far. <laughs> so, if you're that parent and you've been telling these stories, what do you do from here? What do you go from here? Well, I'd like to suggest that you say to the children, "Listen, Santa Claus is a representation of what Christ." stands for what Christ is the gift giving and the gift giving comes from the three wise men that brought the gifts to Jesus that's what Santa is representing Santa's not real but he's representing physically well not physically because we don't see him um, what we want to be loving toward one another uh, uh, giving toward one another and mankind and and the biggest piece acknowledging and worshiping God the creator for sending us Jesus is that too heavy for you no no but it also creates community the churches all come together this time of year yes and help, help people. people in the community so that spirit of giving is still true and it develops traditions in families and I would have to say that's my favorite memory is what? Is traditions from my childhood. Hmm. I feel you on that. And I like the I like the traditions too, but I gotta tell you, I love that chopper bike. <laughs> that bike was something else. It had the it had the banana seat on it. That bike was something else. <laughs> oh man. And then you know what we would do? I took a balloon and filled it halfway and put it in the spokes so every time that it would roll, it gave that it gave it a sound like a motorcycle. Takara. All the young boys wanted that bike. They wanted that bike, Takara. So we lived in a time where you could just leave your bike outside. Okay, so one morning I got up, had finished all my chores, and I'm going to go get on my bike. I went to spot. My bike was gone. My bike was gone. Did you get it back? Oh, Takara. I'm not proud of what I thought and said and did. But I searched that whole complex looking for my bike. And I had an arch enemy for some reason um, had my bike sitting in his front yard. So I went to the door. I knocked on the door. I was like, um, his name was Michael. I'm going to just call him out. His name was Michael. Michael McMillian. His name was Michael McMillian uh, <laughs> down in Mississippi. Ironically, I was best friends with his cousin that lived right next door to me. Oh, wow. So anyway, I knocked on the door. Michael came to the door. I said, Mike, what are you doing with my bike? Oh, I wanted to ride it, he said. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. No, he was telling the truth. He said he wanted to ride it. That's why he took it. He was telling the truth. And he gave me that look like, what you going to do about it? Oh. Like in a sarcastic kind of way? Well, he didn't like me for no reason, but he just wanted to take my bike. 
So anyway, let's get back wait, on wait, topic. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> How far have we trailed away from the reason of Christmas here? The reason of, of Christmas is, Young. is he received lots of grace that day. Because he had taken my favorite bike and rode it without my permission. And then when I asked him about it, he pretty much said, yeah, what you going to do about it? I could have reacted one way, but I didn't. But because my mama was raising me a certain way, I just said, don't, don't mess with my bike again. And I took it and I laughed. Well, did he mess with the bike again? He, he did not. He did not. That's why he's probably still alive today. But. How old were you? I was like 12 years old at the time. Oh, my goodness. So, so anyway, don't mess with Pastor Young's bike. <laughs> Pastor Young, we heard that 1987 was your best year. My best year? All right. Well, Sean, tell us your story. Tell us your Christmas story. Uh-huh. Well... My story for Christmas, my best memory of Christmas, it would be not the gifts, more tradition, mm-hmm. but spending it with family. Yes. Um, preparing for Christmas. Okay. The weekend, the week before, the days before, baking cakes with grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jello Good stuff. Bowls, getting a real yeah, tree. Yeah. Putting up that tree, putting mm-hmm. all the ornaments. Uh, popping popcorn, stringing popcorn on nice, the tree. Nice, nice. And then realizing there's a real squirrel in the tree. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And trying to get it out of the oh house. Did they charge extra for no, the squirrel? No, no. <laughs> Try, trying bonus. to get it out of the house. That was a bonus. Yeah, yeah. Look at wow. she over there. We tried to get it out of the oh, house. Oh, my goodness. So, ladies and gentlemen. wildlife to you. I'm just going, I'm going to assume that uh, Sean, Kenya, excuse me, Likes the um, tradition, and that is a present under her tree right now, with the name Robert Young on it. Mm. No. Mm. <laughs> it's squirrel slippers. Okay. <laughs> Those sound warm, though. Honestly, they sound real warm. So, I guess what we're saying here today is that Merry Christmas, and we hope and pray that. This year alone that you've received something from this podcast that have cleared up any myths, fallacies, or errors that you may have been thinking about Christianity as a whole. We'd like to believe that we are giving you the untainted, unpoliticalized, true gospel so that you can make an informed decision. Are we saying that Christianity is easy? No, of course not. There's times that God asks us to do things that stretches our faith, causes us to make a a leap of faith. And there's times that we are considered outcasts. But knowing that God loves us, no matter even if the world does not love us, we know that he loves us. And I got to tell you, that's reassuring to me. So this time of year, we like to give thanks to God for sending his son Jesus Christ. We know that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. We know that. That's not the issue here. The issue is that he was born. That he did do what he came here to do. And he rose again from the dead on that third day so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And before we go, we're going to ask Takara if she has a story if she feels comfortable sharing it. Yeah. I remember um, one Christmas, me and my cousin Priscilla, it had to been, I had to been at least 11. So she a couple of years older than me, but my Aunt Janet, God bless her soul, um, she was telling us that 
sometimes if you listen real close, you can hear Christmas bells ringing. And, like, we didn't take her serious. I definitely didn't take her serious. Like, I thought she was just talking to the smaller kids, but we was laughing, like, yeah, what are Christmas bells? Like, who's going to be ringing the bells? But that year, that same year, I cannot make this up. I can't. Me and my cousin, we was downstairs on Christmas Eve. It was literally, like, a few hours before the sun came up. But we heard Christmas bells. Wow. We really heard the bells. And I'm like, did you hear that? I'm looking at my cousin like, did you hear that? <laughs> so she like, it's got to be your mom. It's got to be your mom. But she was dead sleep to the world. Like, she didn't know. It was like real bells. Like, real bells. Yeah. I don't know. My aunt told me it was the angels. They they ring bells. But I like I said, I was like, well, you know, whatever. But we heard the bells. Amen. I believe God uses even things that are not done with the right intentions. He can use anything. And I say this again. Um, look for opportunities. And the scripture tells us this, too, in the Old Testament. It said, when you're walking down, look for opportunities to tell your child about me. This is what God is saying to that generation of people. Look for, He said, do it when you're walking down the way, when you're putting them to bed at night, when you're sitting around the supper table. Look for opportunities to tell your child more about God, but do it in a bite-sized manner so that they can receive it and in a language that they can understand. You don't have to necessarily lie to them or, or scare them half to death. That's not God. That's that, that other tainted gospel. You're going to hell if you lie. Right. Now, and whether that, that is true or not, um, it's still in how you put it how you put it to someone but look for opportunities uh we just celebrated back in october um halloween and i believe it was joshua that asked me about halloween i said brother this is an opportunity to hand somebody a gospel literature yes we know all the history about it but we ain't celebrating that for that we're handing them you know literatures about about christ and god will give us those opportunities if we're open to it so this year, around your Christmas tree, work Jesus in there some kind of way. Wait for an opportunity to work him into the picture. You know what this present represents, right? And tell them the story of the three wise men that came and gave gifts to the newborn Jesus. Tell them that story. It's okay. In fact, I would say it's probably easier for them to accept it than for adults, would you? Yes. Yeah. So include Jesus in this Christmas and you go head on and you wrap your presents, you buy your presents and you have dinner with your family and keep those traditions going. We're not condemning you for that. We're simply saying throw Christ in the picture also. Amen. 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 We're doing it for God. Work him in the picture. Now, listen, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a safe and happy uh, new year. And if you have been listening to this podcast for any length of time and you've said in your mind, now is my time. I feel the Holy Spirit calling me to accept Jesus as my Savior. Then there's a little simple prayer. You don't have to repeat it word for word what I say, but the sentiment behind it is what God hears and he sees the, the motivation in your heart. You're not repenting to me or anyone else, but to him. It first starts with repentance. Remember, the number one reason why Jesus came in the first place was so that he could be sacrificed on that cross so that we could be forgiven of the sins that we that was put on us just because we were born human. As it says in Romans 12, 
read that chapter sometimes. It talks about even though you may think that you may not have sinned because you were born with the same nature as Adam, the original sinner. <laughs> then God count all of us as sinners. But we know that most of us, 99.999% of us, do have some shortcomings in our lives. Some bigger than others, yes? But we still have them. So if you're that person that want to know Christ today, repeat this sinner's prayer with me. Father, forgive me of my sins. I realize that I have broken the relationship that you want to have with you. I repent of it now. I turn away from it. And I believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross for me so that I could be forgiven. And I receive him now as my Lord and Savior. Father, fill me with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. And Father, I receive this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, my friends, if you said that with a sincere heart, the Bible lets us know that your name has been written in heaven in a book called the Lamb's Book of Life. But there's one, two more things that I need you to do. I need you to continue praying in your home with your family and private devotion with just you and God. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, just spend some time with him. Like any good parent, God wants to spend time with his child. Like any good parent, God wants to spend time with his child. Is that foreign? No. Pray, ask God for wisdom as you read the Bible, and tell him about the things that you need. Any good parent is going to consider the request that his child makes to them. Yes? Then, I want you to do your due diligence. Go find yourself a Bible-believing, God-honoring, God-worshiping church in your community. Join that church. Be a part of that church. Don't just be a bench warmer, but contribute. Pastor what about our depressed people? People who feel like there's no Christmas for me or, or the people who are at home that I don't have Christmas to celebrate with or the people, they don't know that they're loved. Those are the ones that I pray for at night. Like when I'm happy, I pray to God and you know fill them up with joy. Fill the ones who don't have food for the night. Fill their bellies up. And that's what I do. I pray for those. Can we do that? We can definitely for those. We can pray for them. But I got to tell you, most of those people are not listening to our podcast, but we will pray for them. We have a very uh, specific group of people that I know from the statistics that they send us um, that listen to us. We will definitely and we always pray for for our whole country, actually. So let's end the podcast there that we pray. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Eventually, those of you that are listening to the podcast, God is going to put on your heart a cause for you to pray for and to somehow contribute to. Because this is not just a private um, religion we have here. It's a religion of action. If you see a cause, you see something that's going on that's not right in the world, the first thing you do is to pray about it. And hopefully, God will give you some to do, some actions to do about it. So we're going to end the podcast there. But before we, we're going to end the podcast with a prayer for those people who, because they say that Christmas is like one of the loneliest times of the year. 
we're going to end in prayer with that. But before we do that, I want to say to you, if you want to get in contact with us for more information or clarification about anything, do not hesitate to contact us in all the ways that it is possible to contact us in the description box below. So until next time, I am your host, Pastor Young, sitting here with my co-hosts, Jill, Kenya, Takara, and Joshua, and a few grandbabies as guests. We will see you next time on the podcast. Now, Father, we thank you for this lesson today, and I pray that you would look on those who are not blessed enough to have the ability to give or to receive gifts and presents, and those who don't have family and friends that are lonely and that are depressed, I pray that you would go to them, that you would have mercy on them, and that you would comfort their hearts and minds. And Lord, not only that, somebody in their circle touched their heart to reach out to that person. If nothing else, just to pray for that person so that the love of Christ can comfort them also. We don't just pray, God, because we know that you gave us the ability to do also. But it's your power and your strength that give us that that ability. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.